With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to The View from the Gladys Street, a special edition Everton podcast show hosted by me, Ian Kroll, video editor at the Liverpool Echo and a season ticket holder in the Gladys Street for over 20 years. I'm joined by three guests, all of whom are a member of the Echo's online fan jury and more importantly, three massive blues who are here to talk about all things Everton. Sat round the table with me is Tom Clark, an Evertonian, an aspiring journalist and a season ticket holder. My second guest is Conor O'Neill. He likes talking, he likes writing and for most of last season he likes moaning about Everton. And my third guest, Lee Moulton, a season ticket holder in the Gladys Street and he loves writing about the blues. So guys, this is a podcast by the fans, for the fans. This is a chance to have your say and there's only one place to start and that's with the appointment of Marco Silva. He was officially announced on Thursday and he's held his first press, press conference this afternoon. Tom, we'll start with you. Are you happy with the appointments and is he the right man for the job? I am happy. He was my man all along, to be honest, since Cumin uh, got sacked. I thought he was the one, even while he was at Watford. He showed promise in his previous jobs. He'd done well abroad, won a couple of trophies, came over to England with Hull, and they were pretty in, in, they were in deep, and he brought them out of it. I know they got relegated, but showed some good form, some good attacking football, type of thing we want to play. And uh, then he went to Watford, and he uh, really started on the front foot with them, got them in the top six, and uh, they were looking bright up until uh, the interest from Everton, and then things started to go downhill a little bit. But... Um, I think he showed enough promise to see that he's a, he's a good young manager with an attacking style of play, and I think that will suit us really well. Connor, same question to you. Um, I must admit, I, I have my sort of doubts to begin with when his name was first floated around. I wasn't not keen, but I just had my my own concerns about him. Whether you know, it's, it's a tough job. You know, it's, it, it, the kind of thing that stuck me is, is when his kind of gone a bit wrong with the other clubs he's been at. It, He's kind of got it gone wrong, and you know, like we all know what Everton, you know, he three defeats on the bounce away from, <laughs> from a crisis, aren't you? So, I have any concerns, but since he's been at points, and uh, you know, and what he said, I know you shouldn't you shouldn't look too much into what he said, but it certainly looked bright. And you know, a lot of players have come out and, and kind of who plays under him and, and and sort of praised his, his coaching and his style of play, which I think is, is the biggest sort of the praise you can get, you know, if you, your own players or peers come out and you know. It was interesting when Aldice got got sacked that he didn't really see any players on their Twitter, did you, or Instagram come out and write, you know, thanks to the gaffer for what he's done for us, or, you know, whereas with Silver, there seems to be, you know, once he was officially announced as Everton manager, there was a lot of players coming out kind of saying, oh, you know, that's a really good fit, he's, he's tactically very good, so, yeah, I think, he, you know, he's, he's he's a bright young manager and he, he'll, he'll play a style, away, a style of football and a, a way that should, should suit Evertonians. Really? Yeah, I'm, ple- I'm pleased with him as well. I think he's a young manager. He's got good potential. He can play attacking football, uh, which, which is what what we want. And and I think 
any, any manager would, would have been a gamble, but, but I think the best of what's, it was what best of what's available, and I'm looking forward to seeing him is in, in the new season. Just an open question: so, Do you think Everton at this moment in time are not a big enough name to attract a big enough name? Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think at, at the stage, at the stage we're, at, we're at, but hopefully in, in another two or three years' time, we can attract a, a bigger name, um, and we will be then challenging for the top four and top six. Yeah, and Connor, you, you touched on it. You touched on it there that he hasn't stuck around a long time in some of the clubs that he that he's been at, but he's already said today that he, he can't, he's kind of in it for the long long haul. Is that another positive for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not. Uh, Press conferences to me don't really mean much. I think it's it's easy to sit there and talk, isn't it? And we can we can all talk the talk. You know, it's the the, the proof in the pudding will be the results. You know, it's football's a results-driven business. Um, I think you have to come out and say that because of what had been sort of sort of through him in the past in terms of when he was at Watford. Uh, there was I think Watford officials who, who kind of said that very quickly. It became apparent that he was just using them as a stepping stone, and that he was just really there for little time he can be because he wanted to move up and so I think he had to come out and, and sort of say that I don't think he could come out and sort of look at it as like oh you know we'll, we'll see where we go and you know he had to come out and say I'm in for the long haul and that but yeah I mean talk's cheap isn't it you know we can all talk and it, 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 the, the proof will be in the results but he needs I think he needs to stick around somewhere for a while myself anyway I don't I don't think you get anything from jumping from job to job and you know going I mean he's a young manager and the list of clubs he's already had is it's quite a it's quite a long list for such someone who's who's so young. So I think himself he needs to sort of get in somewhere, get settled, and and look to and look to build something himself and and look a bit, of, look to put something in place in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, wholeheartedly ag- agree with that. And hopefully, at the, at the end of the day, if he if he wins football matches, he's he's effectively going to still be in a job. Um, okay, so Silver had his his press press conference today. Um, but another man was sat next to him in Marcel Brands. Um, Tom, it's it's a similar setup, isn't it, to what we had previously under Cumin and Walsh? Um, it's obviously a, a setup that Mishiri wants and likes. Um, why why is this going to be different? Do you think, and um, will the partnership work? I think it's a step up from a kind of the kind of the top English level to the European level, and I do think it's kind of like a step up to the elite to where we want to be really and uh, he seems a guy who knows what he's doing a really professional man and um, I think he, he will guide the club to the next level I do think he's a step above Steve Walsh and he's got a greater network of players on the European scene anyway and I think uh, he can bring something different th- than um, what Steve Walsh did and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do because he's got an aura about him he's a cool guy and he's, uh, he, lo- he looks like he's, uh, he knows what he's doing and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do for us he did seem like a really cool guy at his press conference today. I don't know what you guys think. Were you impressed, impressed with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I think also Steve Walsh. He was only a chief scout, really. He was never a diver of football, whereas this brand has been before in Holland, and it looks like he won't stand any messing either. Yeah, no. I think as well. What's what's interesting with, with this makeup is that it seems as though Brands was very much behind the Marco Silver appointments. Mm. In that he sort of spoke to him and 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 they bounced things off each other where. With Cumin, it, it kind of to me, it kind of was the sense that he kind of come into the job because we obviously we headhunted him, we went for him, and we we you know we 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 approached him, and he kind of threw it back on Everton's toes as well. We we I want a director of football, you know, I, I don't want the the David Moyes style of of 
charge where you control everything from transfers to you know pretty much what pies they sell you know I don't think Cumin just wanted to, to be the football manager so I think it was more a case of we just went out and, and got the and got the the best one at the time because of what Leicester's achievements had done under Steve Walsh and whereas this year this time it, it kind of seemed more of a professional makeup than we just kind of went out there and grabbed the head coach from one club and dragged the, the chief scout stroke one of the director of football from another club and I sort of like put them together you know uh, and I think you know that that summed up last summer where you know I think at times it was hard to believe that Cooman and Walsh were on the same but we're reading the same book let alone the same pages with what happened so hopefully you'll see more it'll be more in sync and it'll be more be more structured and, and be more there'll be more of a plan than just kind of oh well yeah we be we, we poached the best scouts in English football and we got this head coach who's a top European name and we're going to put them together and hope it works. This seems to be more Brands has, has gone in there and he stamped his authority down in a, in a point in silver and he silver will obviously have to work with Brands. It's as simple as that. Yeah, interesting point and a, a good point as well. Um, okay then, so it's been reported the past couple of days that silver's going to be on around th- three million, three million a year, which could rise depending on uh, his league position, which is obviously an incentive-based contract. Um, it's been well documented um, over the past, you know, two years, three years, that Cumin and Allardyce's salary was well and above six million pounds. Um, I just asked the question: Is this is this Everton in going for silver? Is this Everton going for a young manager with bucket loads of potential and putting him on a sensible contract, or is he to be considered the che- the cheap option? I like the incentive base. I think that's a good um, that's a good way to go. Uh, win football matches, you get more money. I like that, but also I think. Um, it's it's a uh, three million a year. It's a bit of a step down from the others, but maybe people thought it was too money driven. And also with Marcel Brands being on two million a year as well, I think the responsibility has been split a little bit. But from the manager, a little bit of responsibility taken off the manager and put on the director of football. So it's a it's a more even model, and there does seem to be a connection between the two. So it looks like the salary has been split a little bit. But um, I do like the idea that the salary could rise depending on results, because then obviously there's a uh, the incentive there t- for Marco Silva to do well. Incentive based, that is that the way to go now? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. Mind you, though, with these people in football, they've got so much money, money anyway, so money doesn't make much difference to them. But incentive is the way to go rather than give him six million and then uh, sack him after 18 months uh, potentially and have a lot a lot of money to, to pay him as a payoff, which we've done before. We don't want to go that, r- that road again. So, 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 sound, sound small incentive, yeah, it's the way forwards. Yeah, absolutely. Connor, you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I'm sure by the time David Moyes finished his time at Everton, he was on a hell of a lot more money than when he first came in from Preston because obviously the incentives of the results driven and to, and to keep him at the club. So, you know, I, I I see no problem with rewarding, you know, rewarding people when they deserve to be rewarded. It's it's when we kind of, we look like we've rewarded failure in the past, which we have, haven't we? You know, mm. given Cumin his payoff and his coaching staff their payoffs and then you add Allardyce and his coaching staff's payoffs you know it's it's just throwing money down the drain isn't it you know so you start low and work your way up but I think if these identified silver anyways the manager they, they, you've got to give them what they want because it's the only way now in football I mean we see it across the board you know money talks there's, there's, there's everyone's got a price you know it's whether you're at that price or you don't, it's the club's decision, but everyone's got a price. So I think once they identified Silver, they just had to give them what they wanted because 
there was no real point in doing what we done last time where we kind of slogged it out for silver for so long and then it ends up going for a complete polar opposite. You just got to give them what they want. And we were prepared to give Watford was eight or nine million last year, uh, last September, October time for them. So yeah. for them for three million, that we've already saved five million. Are you, surprised, are you surprised then that he's accepted? Obviously, not. it's not low, but a relatively low contract in three million. What? what? Uh, I'm not necessarily, no, because I think it's a Premier League job at a club that's got big potential. You know, we'll probably get back in the transfer window. You know, for as bad as last season was, we were still in the ninth best, ninth or tenth best Premier League team, which is quite remarkable, really, for sitting how bad we were. So there is, there is talent there. There's talent in the ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, ultimately, it's every manager's dream, isn't it, to manage them? Unless you get the Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich job, the direct best place to be is the Premier League, and that's whether you're at Everton or, you know, whoever. You, know, you see managers in the past take lesser jobs in the Premier League with clubs because they just want to get in the Premier League and excel, and then hopefully, if they do use it as a stepping stone to kick up, then it's it, there's no better place. OK, then. So, Tom, in terms of... It's a, it's a popular opinion that, you know, Marco Silva plays easy on the eye attractive football it's kind of what he's been brought in to do but at the moment what what's more important do, do the fans want easy on the eye attractive football do they want results obviously we'd, it'd be great if we can get both what's more important going into you know next season I think it was the popular belief at the end of the in terms of outside of the club anyway in terms of the national media saying that Everton fans were completely focused on the style of play and had a, a bit of a disregard to the um to the results, so I think the the, uh, the national media put a little bit of a bad press on Evertonians for that reason. But I, I do think the, the attack on football comes with it, and that's what Marco Silva thinks himself. He, he thinks if you attack, uh, if you get on the front foot, you're more likely to win a football game. So I think that's his system, that's his way of playing, that is his way of getting results. So I think the two are linked. Right, Lee, if you if you have to choose one, results or performance, obviously we want both. That's whatever, and that's what that's what we want. Um, you know. It's proven that Marco Silva does play an attractive style of football, but his results more important than performance going into the new season? I, th- I think ultimately, re- yeah, results is because you don't want to be losing games 4 3 and 3 2. But, it, but if, we can, if we can play attractive football as well, but, but, but first and foremost, we have to defend as well. We can't be like under Martinez when we were conceding a lot of goals. So we need to get, get forward, play attacking football, but also defend as well, which is important. Connor. Yeah, I think I personally think you start with results. I think if you, you get on the front foot and, and pick up good results and promising results, mm-hmm. the, the football and, and so on follows because you know winning breeds success. Winning breeds success, doesn't it? Winning, winning breeds happy people. You know, winning's the best thing in football, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. it's a results-driven business. But I think you need to get results to then be able to play on. I mean, I think Lee's right. We don't really want to return to the Martinez either way. We were playing great attack on football, but we kept be four three or five four. You know them crazy results, and you know Martinez coming out some ludicrous stats about how we dominated possession and stuff. It doesn't matter. You know, it's results driven, and but I think if we get the results, the rest follows. I think it's it's as simple as that, really. I think you know you just got to go in there and start on start on the front foot anyway, and, and look to kick on. So obviously, the we've all all kind of said results there, and hopefully performance will follow. What is considered as success this season? Then, if what does it? What does Silver have to do by the end of next season to win the fans over? Because you know, in the first season, Roberto Martinez finished fifth, as as and and then obviously results started to dip. 
Um, if Silva was to finish seventh or eighth again, is that is that good enough? Is that what, what what does he need to do to win the fans over? For me, breaking the top six is the big one because I think the gulf between the top six and the rest of the Premier League at the moment is incredible. And to break that top six would be some achievement at the moment because there is a big, big gulf between those and the rest of the pr- clubs in the Premier League. And unfortunately, we were shoved in the kind of the bottom with uh, the rest of the teams. But I think we we can compete with the top six. And to break into that top six, even to be, even to finish sixth, will be a great great achievement for me. I think to break into that elite club of top clubs would be a big achievement for Silva in his first season. I think that would be very impressive. I think it would be unrealistic to look towards the top four in our first season. So anywhere to break the top six would be a very impressive achievement for me. Connor, would you be happy with a top six finish? Oh, I'd be delighted with a top six finish. I'd, I'd be over the moon. I think, you know, Tom's right. that The gulf's never been so big as between, you know, we thought we closed the gap last year. <laughs> and if anything, the gap widened than bigger than it's ever been before. Um, I think for me, I'd, I'd like to see us start taking the Cups more seriously. You know, I mean, the League Cup and the FA Cup, you know. You know the, the the saving grace with Martinez for a, lo- a long time was he had good Cup runs, then he got the semi-final of the League Cup, semi-final of the FA Cup. He got the, the last 32 of the Europa League. You know, he had good Cup runs. And, you know, for me, I, I'd look to, you know, you know, if we come seventh and win the FA Cup, it'd be fantastic. You know, I don't think anyone would complain. So, you know, I'd like to see us take the cups more seriously. I mean, I'm fed up of we play League Cup ties and we play weakened teams. And, you know, I just think to myself, why? You know, it's a golden opportunity. This, you know, we're, we're playing. It's like we don't care. And, you know, it's, it's like it, just, it drives me insane to be honest. But you know, it, the FA Cup had that bit of a feeling about. I know we lost Liverpool last season, but. That's had that feeling about it in the, in the past that we've just like, we don't take it, it's like, oh, it's, it's just the FA Cup. I mean, remember Koeman's first season, he, he played a weekend team in, in the FA Cup at home to Leicester and we got beat 2-1 and, you know, you just think to yourself, that's an opportunity missed and I just want to, I want to see us, you know, not prioritise the Cup, but at least take them seriously and, and look to have a go in them and not just roll over and go, oh, well, if we get beat, we get beat. Lee, we haven't got the distraction of the Europa League this season. I mean, it's not what I would usually describe it as a distraction, the Europa League, but it, it seemed to be last season. Um, you know, should we be focusing on the League Cup and, and the FA Cup and obviously try, try, trying to win those? Yes, I think we should, and especially the League Cup. There's less games and the finals in February, and uh, and uh, that's what Everton fans want. They don't really want to finish sixth or seventh again. Let's have a go at the, these cups, and we 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 take stars wherever we go, and it'd be, it'd be a great day out at Wembley. And yeah, we need to be we need to be looking at looking at trying to win a cup, but also as well in, in the league, going to and playing the top six teams and having a go. Like last season, we didn't we, we we didn't beat any of the top six teams, so have a go at home and even even away in terms of playing for nil nil. Let's let, let's let's try and get results. Okay, so next question then. I'll, I'll this is just an open an open question to to everyone really. But if anyone wants to uh, jump in, <laughs> it's been reported that Watford are refusing to do business with Everton. Um, obviously. Silver's links with, with 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 Watford. We all know we all know what's going on there. Is there any player uh, from Watford we should feel gutted about missing out on? Is anyone bothered about not getting a, any of the Watford not, players? Not really, no. I like Rick, Rick Alston. Rick Alston, I think he's a good player. Yeah, we have been linked with him in the past, but mm. would that be someone that we should be looking at and potentially looking to bring into the squad? There'll be some. Will be Richarlison, and then he's good winger attacking football but the other one was Decore as well Abdelou Decore he'd be a good dynamic midfielder I know we've got a lot in terms of the centre midfield at the moment but Decore would be something else in the middle of the park 
which has been mentioned in the past. But uh, I don't think missing out on Watford's talent would be a massive loss because so much talent elsewhere and there's so many other links. I think it wouldn't be a massive loss. And uh, it is unfortunate that we've had a bit, a bit of a fall now, but things like that happen in football. And if we want to get our man, we have to do anything to get our man, which is what, what we did. And do we, do we need to look at bringing you know, fresh new talent in when Roberto Martinez came in? Um, he brought some Wigan players in, didn't he? Is that is that something that we're you know trying to avoid? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't. No one really strikes. I know Richarlison's a good player, but you know, for me, we've got a perfectly talented winger. who's just spent the last part of the like, second half of last season in Germany, and has a lot more luck. I think we need to look to bring him back in and, and getting him in the fold. You know, it was personally for me, it was a travesty that he even went to Germany, let alone start there. You know, it was. Um, so I think we need to look at like keeping the core that we've got and, and, and building off that then basically, you know, like identifying the players that we want to keep and we want to keep at all costs and then and then work on work on that and you know, I, I don't think any of the Wigan players who come in actually done anything, did they? You know, Joe I know Joe Robles is well, he's still there just about. You know, Alter and Alcaraz was a total disaster and, and Kone wasn't far behind him. Yeah. So I don't think, you know, the home comforts are just because it was Marco Silva has got any real major playing it. I think we should be looking personally. I think we should be looking for higher than what Watford have got personally. You know, if we're to have any ambition and to have any sort of kick kick on, we need to be looking more than Watford's best player, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, okay, then. So let's talk about Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney is expected to have talks with uh, Silver and Brands over the over the next week. Um, Tom, should he should he stay, and do you want him to stay? Uh, for sentimental reasons, probably I'd like him to stay, but for logical reasons, if we want to kick on, I think he maybe be slowing it down a little bit. I'd like to, I'd like to see him in a coaching capacity, but I think he maybe needs to play out his days in America before he does that. And um, there was talk about an agreement being in place in the contract in which he goes to the MLS, which he might be brought back as a coach, which I think is a good option, really, because he is a bit slow. If he, wa- if he, if he wants a, a dynamic midfield, which is what Silva likes to play with, I don't think Rooney fits into that, which is a bit of a shame. And um, I'm not sure if it was a bit of a Freudian slip in the press conference today, but Silva seemed to say the deal was very close to being done. But um, So it is a shame to see him going away, but I think if we want to kick on and have modern football attacking style of play I think we do need fast players in the midfield and maybe you're slowing it down a little bit Lee do you not want to see an an Everton fan at the club doing well maybe a couple of years ago he did did well well for us last season but I don't think I don't think I agree with with what Tom said I don't think we should keep him I think we should look at younger and fitter players and 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 then to try and try and get get us get us forward for quicker. There was times last season when I, 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 he struggled, he struggled in the team, but, but I think because because our players wasn't wasn't there in the right, in the right positions, he, he couldn't pass them. But I think but I do think it is time for him to go now. Connor, yeah. Well, he, Rooney scored ten plus goals in a in a terrible Everton team. Let's face it. Does he not have any? Uh, any worth in staying in, at least in the squad? Um, I, I must admit, last season I, I stuck up for Rooney quite a lot when he was getting a lot of a lot of stick. I thought he he had a value in the games when we played the lesser opposition at home. His class often showed, but the bigger games he just got overrun and, and couldn't get it. He couldn't get near the ball. I think moving forward now and what Tom said about dynamic midfield, 
I can't see him getting anywhere near it. I think Gilfie Sigurdsson's got to play in the 10 from next season. You've, you know, he was the mega sign and you've got to play him in his natural ball position. And I think the big thing with Rooney is his, is his wages. I mean, reports 150 grand a week. If we get off, that off the books straight away, that, that frees up some money then to go and buy you know, good plays and, and be able to give them good good incentive wages. So, you know, we could potentially get a 75 to 75 grand a week players with, with Rooney's wage who, who could come in. So I, I think it, 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 he, he will go. I think his time is up at Everton. But it's a shame, but I think it was all a bit fairy tale anyway, wasn't it, all, all along? I don't think he was ever going to come in and, and be, you know, a, an instant sort of, you know, box-to-box dynamo because, you know, Let's be honest, he was the reason why Manchester United basically released him for free to us. You know, if he had any value and he has any left about him, United would never let him go. So I think his, his time's up and I think he'll, he'll move on. The coaching role is interesting because I always strike me as someone who's maybe going to TV more than, more than coaching. So if he does come back as a coach, yeah, it'd be good, but I'm not too, I'm not too fussed either way, to be honest. OK, then. So I'll just quickly talk about um, Duncan Ferguson. Um, he was the only one out of Sam Allardyce's backroom staff to be to be kept on, although he was obviously there with the club previously. Tom is um, is keeping Ferguson on another sentimental opinion, or is he? Well, he he seems to be you know doing something right because he, he's still there. What what's your opinion on that? For me, uh, Duncan Ferguson is an essential part of the coaching team. I think for a club that was allegedly losing their identity. You do need to keep that there. And the, and the strikers he's worked with, for example, Cheng Tosin and Romelu Lukaku when he was at Everton, they spoke very highly of him as a, as a striker coach. And I think we do need him as part of the coaching team. He's a big personality. He's an Everton legend. And I do think he's a valuable coach as well. Lee, Everton legend, Tom says. He, he obviously is. is. Is he being kept on for sentimental reasons, or do you think he's got he's got something there that is uh, obviously worth keeping around for? I think he he must have so, something there worth keeping around for. I I actually went to an effort night on Friday, and he's, his love for the club is st- it's still there, it's still strong as strong as ever, and and I think and, and plus the fact he's still he's still frightening people as well. But I, I yeah yeah I think think it must be something and, and he can it must be able to help like help the strikers that Lukaku and Tosin so yeah I think he is worth keeping. Connery's obviously still learning the game as as a coach you know he's he's basically worked his way up from top to bottom as a coach I think he was when he first joined the club as a coach he wasn't he was he wasn't even getting paid um, he was there you know just helping out and obviously he's, he's got on he's got on the ranks so are you happy to see him uh, still at the club? Yeah of, of course I think you know anyone who. You know, who, who's a bigger blue as Ferguson? You, you know, you, you're happy to keep, aren't you? You know, I know obviously there's been a lot of, a lot made of. He's, he's been, you know, three now failed, you know, managerial regimes and stuff. But you know, I think sometimes it's hard when you're a coach because I don't think you might not get the, the responsibility and and say that people perceive people having. You know what I mean? I don't think, I don't think people. You know, people. I don't think. Duncan Ferguson was picking tactics and stuff like that. I think he's just, you know, he's probably in the position where he spoke, he speaks when spoken to. Not, not, you know, he's not. You know, I don't see him sat there with, on a tactics board saying we should be doing this, this, and this. I think, I think it, it's it's shown as well that he, I think like, uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin came out just before the se- midway through last season. He said that he, he'd helped him on, helped him massively in terms of holding the ball up and, you know getting his body in and stuff like that so he's obviously got his worth and he still looks in tip-top condition and 
you know, th- there's a reason why he stayed. I don't think I don't think he stayed for the sake of you know he's Duncan Ferguson because I think Cumin would have got rid of him there and then because I don't think Cumin done sentimental value. So I think th- there's a reason why he stayed, and you know it's good to see someone who, who loves the club on on the on the bench because you know especially under uh, Cumin, you know him and his coaching staff were often accused of not caring and they didn't look like they were interested and the saving grace used enough to be Duncan Ferguson jumping up and down like a lunatic so you know it's good to see him still around the club but I, I think you know people are talking about him for manager and stuff like that he's thinking like that's a long long time a long long time away OK so back to Marco Silva then Tommy's got plenty to um, think about ahead of the new season a lot of decisions to make um, the one that struck me um since he's, he's he's taken over on Thursday, he's had the, the press the press conference, um, the captain situation. Do you think this is the perfect time to possibly pass the armband over to someone someone else, or should Phil Jagielka stay as a club captain? I think uh, Phil Jagielka should stay on as club captain, but uh, because I think, in my opinion, he was the best centre back of last last season, and um, I, I do think he still has a role to play in the team even if he's not playing I think he should be club captain and then we should have another maybe team captain as, an, as a few other clubs do the same thing but I think uh, Jagielka still has a big role to play in the team I think even Michael Keane leaned on him a little bit towards the end of last season as they were paired together and I do think he's a, he's the ideal captain at the moment and I think all the other with a, with a team that's gelling together at the moment I think um, he'd, he'd be the one if not Leighton Baines to, uh, or Seamus Coleman, another young one. He'd be an option as well, a little bit of younger legs. But uh, definitely, I think Jagielka, there's no reason for him to lose it. Because I think uh, he is getting on maybe another year. But um, I do think he played very well last year and there's, there's no reason why he should be acting from the team. Lee, are you uh, a Jagielka fan? Should he stay as a uh, captain? He's got bags of experience. Is it, is it something that we should uh, look to move on? or No, I don't think he should be kept as captain because I think he's, he's far too quiet as a captain. There was times last season when when Coleman was going over and, and having to go at players or having to go at referees. So I, I would give it to Coleman. He captained his country and he, I think he should be Evans as captain. Jack Hill is, is too quiet. He, he, he was our, our best defender last season, but I, but I would definitely give it to Coleman. Connor, are you a Jagielka fan? No, I, I'm actually not. When it comes to captaincy, I, I agree with Lee. I, I don't think... I think it's time for a change. I think Seamus Coleman should be given the armband straight away. I think it's a no-brainer. I kind of lost a little of respect for Jagielka with an instance a few years ago when the famous Morales penalty against West Brom when we seemed to be having a, a four-man debate in the penalty area who was taking the penalty. I feel Jagielka was stood on the halfway line. I think Tyner's laces or something like that. Now, for me, any proper captain would have gone over. You know, if that was Roy Keane in Manchester United's day, saying four players having a debate, he's gone over and took the ball off them, whoever it was, and gave it to the penalty and said, no, you're taking it. You know, that kind of stuff, I think, is is why perhaps we, we struggle sometimes a little bit. Maybe we're not as mentally strong as what you know, other big clubs are and stuff. So, no, I think it's time for change. I think we should give it to Seamus Coleman. I, I think Jagiel could be surface the requirements very soon anyway. I think he was struggling last season to, towards the end of... So at the beginning of the season, I think if we bring another centre-half in, potentially, all of a sudden you've got Mason Holgate, Michael Keane, Jagielch, and then another centre-half, I think Jagielch could struggle to, to hold down a place. So I think it's time time for a change, and I think Coleman should be given given the armband. So perfect time for a change, from, from maybe from Silva's point of view. He's coming in, he wants to make, make a statement. But that, do you think if he was to strip Jagielch of the armband, then would that see Jagielch leave the club? 
but he obviously wouldn't be too pleased about that. You wouldn't have thought. I'd like to think not. I'd like to think that he he'd, he'd be able to take it on the chin. I mean, you know, he's been here a long time. You know, he should have a, a lot more respect for the club and the people at the club than just to just piss his dummy out over an issue like that. You know, he, he seems a good moral moral pro. Just Jack Elk, you know, when the stories come out in over the years about players down and tools and players giving up and you know his name's very rarely linked with any of them issues. So he seems a good moral pro and. I'd like to think that he's got too much respect for the club to, to spit his dummy out and demand to leave. I'd like to think that he, he'd take it like a man and, 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 and move on. Some some players don't like being captain as well. You know, Some players might look at it and think, well, that's that's finally off, off, off my back, you know what I mean? So you don't know, but no, I, I like to hope that he's got enough respect for the club not to spit his dummy out and act like an idiot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, OK, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. And I'm sorry for this, but um, Silver and Brands were both quizzed on their transfer targets, basically playing uh, the cards close to the chest. Uh, if you could see three players at Goodison Park or in an Everton shirt next season coming in on the transfer window, um, who would they be? For me, it'd be um, number one, the close one is William Carvalho. I think he'd be a great addition to the midfield. A bit of the, As I was talking about before, the dynamism in midfield, take us forward, a bit of, a bit of bite in the midfield as well as uh, to complement Idrissa Gay. And um, also, as well as Carvalho, for me, a left back is priority with Leighton Baines getting on and Cuco Martina maybe not a suitable replacement for him. Um, so I think Danny Rose for me, Danny Rose, 30 million would be a brilliant sign. And I've heard that, I've heard that um, plugged a little bit of rumours, but uh, I think he's the second one for me, Danny Rose, and maybe another striker. Um, not sure which, which striker we should uh, we should go for, but I do think um, someone's a, someone to go up there, whether whether it's with Cheng Tosin or. Uh, as a backup, but I don't think uh, Nias is maybe not good enough, and uh, I think I do think we should get another striker to complement Sosson up front because he can't do it really on his own. Lee, I'm surprised Tom didn't say Lionel Messi there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, realistically, who would you want to see in Everton shirt next season? Again, I, I would like Carvalho, but but also I would like a centre back. But I'm not sure who, who's a, who's around. But I think a big priority for us is a, is a striker. And someone the likes of Marcus Rashford or Jamie Vardy. Connor, yeah, on your I, wish list. I, I agree. I think Rashford or Vardy. I, I've said that for a while. Um, I favour Rashford over Vardy just because of the age. You know, you know. I think, I think Rashford would, would be perfect. I think Rashford. He's. A, I think Rashford's fantastic, and he's hard done to at Manchester United. I used to think about Stephen Enzonzi at Seville. I thought he'd be a good addition when we were heavily linked with him in January. Um, but I think the William Carvalho kind of news has sort of threw everyone a little bit in the sense that it looks as though that's sport and are willing to do business. I think in the past when West Ham and other clubs have looked at it, it was sort of a firm no-no from sport and they, they, they didn't want to do business. So the fact that they do, I think I, I, I like, I'd, I'd be happy to see him in the field. But no, I think I agree with Lee. I think we need a, a forward who can, who can run in behind and, and, and you know run the channels. But I don't think we've had one of them for, for years, if, if I'm being honest. Okay then, just to finish off, just a, a general question: Are we are we all quietly optimistic for the the new season? I know it's still a couple of months away. It feels like the you know the season just gone has only just ended, and thank God it has. But are we are we quietly optimistic for the the, the new season? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I I, I think so. Yeah, because I, I'm all, I'm always positive and optimistic, and I I think yeah I I think we could have a good season and give give the cup cups a go. I might even might even win a derby as well. A derby win would be very nice. It would, yeah. I, I think for me, it's all about the start, isn't it? You've got, to, you've got to get off to a good start. I think we've, we've seen in, in, in recent years, you know, if you don't get off to a good start, it can 
it can derail you a little bit. I mean, you know, for years we spent people saying didn't about Moyes where you should have like a great sort of like Christmas to, to end the season run and people just go, If only they'd done that from, from the start of the season, he'd be right up there now and you, you know, stuff like that. So I think if we get off to a good start then there'll be plenty of optimism. I think people have just gotta we just gotta stick by Silver and give him a chance. I think, you know, it's it's no good kind of three games in if it's not going to plan moaning and, and groaning because we're gonna be back at square one. You know, you, you, we've gotta give it Time we've got to see what you know what what can be built and what can and what can what can happen. You know, things in football don't happen overnight. They take time. I mean, you know, the squad overhaul that people are talking about could take three seasons. If if in my opinion, you know, I don't think Brandt Mark Brandt is going to walk in tomorrow and get rid of eight players who would, who would be seen with dead wood and, and sign seven. You know, it's just not just doesn't work like that. Football does it so. I think it it's got everything's got to be given time. We can't just be rushing in and judging. If we're given time and get off to a good start, then there's no reason why we, we can't, you know, just just have a just have a steady season. I think more than anything, the last few years have been so sort of like crazy. You know, it's, you know the 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 whole Cumin summer, the his first summer where it, the the transfer saga was dragged on forever, and we missed out on all our targets, and you know we had players who we thought we'd signed and then they went to Spurs and to SoCo and you know it just it was a bit of a bit of a chaos and then last year we you know we we, we were throwing money around and then it went terribly wrong and I think it's just a, a nice steady season and you know even if it if Silver just gets his feet on the table as a season you know we finish 7th day 4 ninth, you know have a good cup run and, and just build on from there you know it's I say things don't happen overnight and you know it takes time and we just need to give Silver and Brands the time that they deserve. Tom, how nice would the Anfield derby win be at oh. the end of September, early October maybe? That would be brilliant. Pipe them all down <laughs> after the little uh, little European journey. That would be lovely. No, I agree with Connor. I think we should uh, definitely lay off the manager and give him a chance this season. I think um, it has been a bit mad. And uh, to, give, to give Silver a good run of games and just... Uh, just let them settle in. I think that's definitely the way to go. And uh, I don't want to curse things, but hopefully anything can be better than last season. So, yeah. Well, there you have it. Marco Silva is in the hot seat. We're all excited. We're all ready and we can't wait for the new season. Thanks very much for listening to this special edition podcast. We'll be back featuring more views and opinions from fellow Blues on the view from the Gladys Street in the near future. Until then, goodbye. You've been listening to The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.